Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, we're back once again. It's Thursday and it is the Luke and Pete show. I do hope you are faring well. Pete Donaldson with you, joined by Luke Moore. What's going on, Luke? Holla, I'm all right. What's going on? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm a bit fucking bored of all this lockdown nonsense, but no one wants to hear that. <laughs> we're, we're barely into it, are we? You're barely into it. Oh, we're getting the rumour mills really cranking up, though. My dad's sending me messages saying that uh, his mate was up for the vaccine. He was a little bit older than him, uh, but um, and he went, and the, and the doctor said, or the nurse said, oh, yeah, we've uh, we've got loads of vaccines, but uh, a lot of people aren't turning up for their uh, for their appointments, so we're having to go into the hospitals and start and vaccinate the nurse nurses instead and it's just like oh it all begins doesn't it all a little kind of like daft little stories about yeah. people not taking advantage of the vaccinations it all I begins on the way to, I was on the way to get a vaccination the other day and uh, on the way I stopped at a water park and I noticed <laughs> that on the water park flume there were loads of razor blades in it yeah yeah, yeah true yeah 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 yeah, yeah, can yeah, yeah, happen, yeah. can't it I was hanging out um, with Lord Lucan yeah, give um give new listeners to the show a flavour of what it's all about and what they can expect over the next half an hour, Peter. Well, on Monday, it's, I mean, it's mainly film, video game reviews, and um, just dick jokes, really, isn't it? It's just dirty stories, people smearing poo on the on the wall, floor, yeah, eating poo. Well, White, would white they be and, interested uh, to hear that perhaps on Monday we had a season, you know, pretty seasoned debate about mm. the most perverted country? Yeah, well, look, and I think we solved a lot. I I, th- I can't remember which ones I went for, but either way, uh, I'm sure they were fine and not offensive and nothing to write <laughs> to anyone about. <laughs> exactly. This is the Luke and Pete show. For the next half an hour, we'll give you some nonsense. We'll also uh, probably find some time to include some of your messages as well. Uh, before we get cracking with it, though, um, we should point out that hello at lukeandpeachshow.com is the email address. That's hello at lukeandpeachshow.com. And the Twitter is at Luke and Pete Show. Our producer, Nat, does a lovely job of keeping you guys abreast of what's happening on Twitter as well. Um, Peter. Hello. I'd like to start today's show by talking about um, the. F- Listen, we've had a lot of bad news, haven't we? We've had a lot of bad news this um, mm. this this last year or so. I mean, when did the bad news start for you? Would you say? Um, I came back off my holes. Nineteen eighty one, and ev- <laughs> and just everything. I mean, yeah. I mean, just look at the um, you know, yeah. When was our company began? When did our company begin? <laughs> January um, of eighteen. So three yeah. years ago. Okay, right. Yeah, so about, about then, then, I guess. Yeah, um, about then. <laughs> but the reason I say that is because um, one of... I mean, if you're one of these people who live your life on Twitter and um, you are... I mean, you're of a certain kind of human being who thinks the world revolves around Twitter and mm. you, you know the type of person I'm talking about. They're normally middle class. Yeah, and they're, couple they're, of podcasts under their belt. But yeah, commentary at types. The people that if we weren't such legends, we'd be like... Um, <laughs> <laughs> they 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 are very into um, things like the Bad Sex in Fiction Award, 
right? Okay, right, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. For those who don't know what that is, it's um, it was set up about 25 years ago um, by the Literary Review. It's an annual prize honouring the most outstandingly awful scene of sexual description in an otherwise good novel. But, mm. and you get some you get some crackers. You get some, like, blokes of a certain age trying to sexually describe a woman and it just sounds horrendous yeah uh, and it's very funny and um, previous winners include morrissey for obvious reasons giles corran for obvious reasons a.a a. gill for obvious reasons um mm. tom wolf actually apparently as well which i'm a bit disappointed by uh, but anyway um let's just say uh, as the as the article says that at one point morrissey uh, referred to a penis as a quote-unquote bulbous salutation. Right? <laughs> that kind of thing. Anyway, Pete, what I'm getting to, this is a very long run-up to saying that the organisers have announced that it's not going to take place this year. Oh, what? What are we going to do? Because apparently I, I, people have suffered enough. But that's uh, not a fucking point. The point is it's fucking no, funny. You should do it. That was funny. And also, the only thing is it's kind of like, I I can't read. I don't want to read, but I, I, this is the best part of a book. So I'm going, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When was the last time you actually read a book, Pete? Oh, um, I mean, there's very little um, bad sex in Barack Obama's autobiography uh, that I read last week. Um, very, very little, to be honest. Has anyone asked his um, wife? You need to get a second opinion on that. Well, I mean, most of the book is just, you know, we talk about how, uh, you know, uh, black people in public office have to be twice as circumspect, twice as sort of, uh, um, uh, you know, squeaky clean as any other candidate. And But it's formative years that going into uh, office, A, the sacrifices his, his wife had to make and, and, and how difficult it was for her. Christ, she went through the ringer. Uh, and also, B, pretty much every candidate, um, every time, like, he'd, he'd win... Uh, a race for like local governance. Um, it would be because his um, his his his, his running uh, adversary had to like leap out because of some kind of fucking horrible child sex case or something. All these white <laughs> politicians are just fucking scumbags, and this black politician like it, it defaults into his favour simply because he's not a fucking child rapist and stuff. It's, it, read the first like fifty pages of, of, of Barack Obama's like recent book, and it's like fucking hell. Like this, the fucking government in America. If you're white, you can get away with so much fucking shit. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? Um, <laughs> that scene. Did you ever see that Sasha Baron Cohen series? Uh, Who is America? Uh, I don't actually know. I know I don't remember that. So at there all. was this. I think it's called that. I think it's called Who is America? And it's. Uh, I mean, it was like an online. Was it an online thing? Or so it was no, Netflix. It was thing, 4, was it? I think. Was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he, Sasha Baron Cohen in a variety of different disguises goes yeah. and uh, speaks to different people. And uh, to be honest, look, look, if I'm being totally, if I'm being totally kind of even-handed, as someone who does know a bit about the country, it was pretty kind of low-hanging fruit. Stuff, yeah, right? like yeah. So, I mean, they they would know. do that on a, in a, an oppressor anyway. <laughs> they would say half those things anyway. The, 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 he played like the, the, an Israeli um, kind of um, yeah, exactly, like, like, like military, army guy, military, or something. Yeah, military guy. Yeah, yeah. But the, the point being, like, I mean, you know, if you want to go to a fringe kind of Brexit group or UKIP offshoot in the UK, you're yeah. going to find absolute, complete fucking weirdos, right? They, they yeah. exist everywhere, is what I'm oh, saying. Oh, there anyway. was an expose on Dispatches, I think it was, uh, about a Hartlepool UKIP counsellor. And it's like, right. it's Hartlepool, it's UKIP. Like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to get that. But there was this one... There was, anyway, the reason it reminds me of it is because there was this one... There was this one... There's this guy who ran for office in, in um, I think, Alabama. 
and he got he got outed as doing all sorts of unsavory things. To be honest, I can't quite remember the detail, so I'm not going to go into detail because I don't want to get in trouble and I can't remember his name. But anyway, the point being that um, he this this Sasha Baron Cohen character kind of sets up an interview with him and um, talks about um, the idea that um, you know, paedophiles are everywhere in public life and you know you could be among a paedophile and you would never even know. And he, he, um, he says that uh, I've, but I've, we've invented this device that just goes off whenever a paedophile's around. And it's like it's just like a kind of, you know, a metal detector, handheld metal mm, detector thing. Yeah, 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 but he yeah, makes yeah. out that it's for detecting paedophiles. Anyway, to cut a long story short, every time he waves it over this guy, it just goes off. And he keeps going, <laughs> oh, no, there must be something wrong with it. It must have a mistake. I'll just, I'll just fix it. Don't worry about it. The guy gets really fucking pissed off because obviously he's been accused of this stuff in the past. And right. it, it, it may, it, 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 what it does is it shows you like how much of a gigantic pair of bollocks you need to do what like Sasha Baron Cohen does. Because like he goes into these, he goes into these like kind of situations. Have you seen the one in, in the? Um, I think it's in the either the Borat movie or the Bruno movie where he just starts like full on like getting involved in like proper um, like passionate like kissing of another man in front of all these like really virulent homophobes like it's dangerous <laughs> like people are throwing like proper chairs and like throwing stuff at him it's, it's no, mad. Mate, that's great and, and like um I, I sort of um i remember a sketch in uh eric andre show where he's getting chased he's just a guy who's like handcuffed and he's running uh, he's running through new york and he runs into like a bagel shop and, he's, <laughs> and the policeman catches him and then they just start absolutely Frenching. And honestly, people, people are going, call a police. Like, they cannot believe it. And they are shocked and threatened by the whole skit. Like, it's so funny. You and I do a bit of broadcasting, try and get involved in entertaining people. Like, it's, it's, it's a different type of thing. You're a different breed doing that kind of stuff, I'm telling you. Mm, frightening. Absolutely I, I, frightening. Changing the story, change the subject slightly, um, did you see this story of um, in Australia of this um, <laughs> this guy who um, was rescued by two fishermen? Basically, two fishermen have rescued a naked fugitive who they found sitting up a tree in a Australian crocodile habitat. Right, <laughs> right. These two guys said they heard another guy yell for help on Sunday as they were setting up crab traps. Um, I mean, again, going back to what I said on Monday, you don't get people who are just a little bit Australian, do you? These, no, these two no. guys were setting yeah. up crab traps from a dinghy, <laughs> right, in crocodile territory near Darwin, right? Yeah. And they heard this guy shouting. They looked up a tree. There was a naked man covered in mud, cuts and insect bites who had been lost for four days and had survived by eating snails. <laughs> <laughs> right. What I mean, what a tree, eating, eating snails in a tree. Oh, it turned Lordy. out, it turned out that he had been freed on bail after being charged with armed robbery, multiple aggravated assaults, and uh, stealing, uh, he cut off his own electronic monitoring device and just tried to get out, tried to evade police, basically. Ended up mm. in the middle of nowhere up this fucking tree. The thing is, in Australia, this guy should know better. He's from Australia. Yeah. If anything you touch in Australia will kill you. You can't do that. <laughs> Stay in custody. It's a safe place. Yeah. So, uh, why did the why did the fisherman like uh, like dob him in? Did the guy explain that he was a, a fugitive? Did just... I think I think he just made out that he had been lost while in the country. And the fisherman dobbed him in. Well, I guess so. We heard about it, so I guess they oh, did. Right. What, what yeah. you, have you got split loyalties on this, Donny? 
Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, why did why did the fishermen, fit, you know, see fit to to inform the authorities that there was a convict up a tree? If you and I were in a survival situation in the countryside, let's say it's Australia, where everything you touch can kill you, um, mm. which of us is lasting longer? Are we sticking together or are we going it alone? Uh, I think sticking together because we, don't, you know, one person could be on watch as the other person sleeps. I mean, we wouldn't be able to travel very far because the would, sleeping would have to happen. Would you feel Would you feel safe knowing that I'm the one to guard you against crocodiles? Yeah, but I'd need you to go and fetch me like asthma medicine, and I don't know what a natural, <laughs> what a natural kind of like uh, de asthma asthma ring. Like I don't know I what think- you can. I don't know what berries you can eat to to stop you having asthma attacks. I think you just cut big holes in your chest to get more oxygen to the lungs more effectively. That sounds about yeah. To, just a tracheotomy, just bypass the mouth completely. Lovely old job. That's something that, that people have to do, isn't it? Well, that's like so. That's the thing that so. This is the thing that like worries me about like emergency first aid scenarios. Like mm. when when you have to learn first aid, like the basic side of it, I kind of understand, but there should be a limit of what people should be expected to do. Like, right. You know, sometimes like you hear stories, and I've heard this story more than once. Someone's choking, right? First of all, it's one of my biggest phobias to be in a restaurant where someone's choking, and the choking person is looking at me, right? Because mm. I kind of know what the Heimlich maneuver is, but I don't know if I better do it. And 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 secondly, you hear stories. This is what I'm talking about. You hear stories of someone grabbing a big biro and shoving it down someone's throat as like a makeshift airway to mm. save their life. That is a fucking low risk. That's a low percentage maneuver. Well, it's kind of through the, it's through the Adam's apple, isn't it? It's below that little nudge, nudgy bit. There's, there's like a, there's a, it. there's a gap between, I think there's a gap between that and the larynx. Um, and, and you, and you, you just, and you, you cut it open and you get, get a pen through, but that's only if the blockage is high in the, high in the throat and behind the, behind the tongue, presumably, because otherwise, um, you, I mean, you might j- just add more air, Above the blockage, which I think is a bit yeah. problematic. I, I don't they, think that I don't think that this is. I, I can't see how a layman would be able to do it. No, I'd, I'd I have to have a few stabs at it, quite literally, um, yeah. trying to find the right. I'd get and a carotid artery. Out, it's just a tickle, and you put a hole in someone's throat. It's, it's not realistic. And the other thing that's not realistic is that you know, when someone talks about doing the old chest compressions, you have to mm. smash for about eight ribs apparently to do that in real life. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is the worrying thing, isn't it? Imagine crunching down on that and going, oh, fuck this. I've absolutely fucked this. What, what, what would you do? What's it, what would you do in that situation, Donny? He's just like, well, look, I'm sure the person who's having the uh, having the heart attack or whatever is probably quite happy for you to smash all of his his or her ribs uh, to, to to restart the heart. But I, I just sort of with with stuff like that, I just sort of think the advice moves so quickly. They're now saying that the Heimlich maneuver isn't as effective as just a big old whack on the back. And like, what if people are wedded to the Heimlich maneuver? I've only mm. just got my head around that. Mm. Yeah, and I also like. I, I was in a situation once, and this isn't funny. And I'm not. I'm not meant to make, make light of this. I was in the gym once. That's not. The, that's not the serious situation. Although mm. that would be, um, where uh, a guy in the on the apparatus next to me collapsed. Yeah, and um, and uh, it was like serious. Like, he collapsed like, right in front of me, and it looked mm. bad. So I kind of, I kind of like tried to move him into the recovery position, and felt his pulse, and he had no pulse. Right. I'm being serious. This definitely this is yeah. something that happened. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No pulse. And um, at that exact moment, the gym instructor came over and she was like, what's happened? And I said, he's just collapsed and I can't find a pulse. And she said, okay, um, 
go and call an ambulance. And she sent me off to call the ambulance, which I did, and the, and the ambulance turned up. And it turned out the guy had um, had a um, like a massive heart attack, and he had been told not to go to the gym before, and he had snuck in. Snuck uh, in the gym. working out in the gym when he shouldn't have done. Yeah. That's wild, and, um, that, isn't it? Yeah, and he had, he had a heart attack because of it and died. And and But the point is that like when it comes to – everyone's different, but when it comes to like calling an ambulance, waiting outside, directing them in, I kind of feel quite comfortable doing that. That's pretty easy. Mm. Like, but Being responsible for someone being the first responder. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's – kind because of, because people say, don't they, if more people were first aid trained, you'd save X amount of lives every year. But in mm. that situation – I don't know what I'd be, I, I think I'd be all over the fucking place. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't, I'm glad I've never had my first aid skills tested, quite frankly. They, they, they do say, like, the place like the gym, you do obviously have... I, I mean, I, I do question how you know that information about him sneaking into the gym because he'd been told he's, you know, not allowed to because be in the, the gym. How does the, that even... Because... Because the gym, no, cause, no, okay, so that's probably imprecise language by me. Because naturally, like a week or so later, this is a gym at my oh, office, right. by the way. So oh, okay, a week right. or so later, I went back and saw what happened, and there was a, there was a memorial thing up that he had yeah. died, and right. money, money for his family and stuff. And I asked the lady, the gym instructor, said, what happened? And she said, oh well, he was he was told to not come to the gym because he hadn't been, he hadn't passed his medical because he had problems with high blood pressure and stuff, and um, but he kept coming back anyway, and. Um, by the time we realised it was too late, basically. Jesus. That's yeah. worrying, isn't it? Well, yeah, what, a hor- what a horrific, horrific stuff. I'm always fascinated by those little, um, the little, uh, what do you call it? The little paddles, the little electric paddle machines, whatever they're called. Um, what they call them? You run them together yeah. and go, clear. Uh, Electrocardiogram. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's the monitor thing, isn't it? No, it's not that. I can't remember what it's called now. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's mean, cardio. Though. It's electro. Let's go with electrocardio. <laughs> Yeah, but whenever they have a heart attack, it's called it's it's an electrocardial infraction or something, isn't it? But um, but they have those they have those in like streets now. Have you seen them? They're little lockers where um and building yes, sites have, as yeah. well. You have the, you have the little cases, little and safes, tube stations. and tube stations. Yeah, and if you want to use them, you have to ring a number. Like in a lot of places, you got to ring a number and go, "Can I have the code for the for the fucking machine?" Because this guy's or guy or gal's dying. You know, like it seems like. Look, just leave it open. Let them do it. Then yeah. let. If some of them get vandalised or people hurt themselves, you know, Darwinism in action. <laughs> but we should know not to fuck about with them. Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, I completely mm. agree. There was, there was, I remember being on the radio show once um, and the section after me was a guy who had come on because his friend had died at a golf course because of a heart attack. And as a result of his lobbying, he um, had got one of those machines things put in every single golf course around the country. Oh, cool. Um yeah, it's like a cool thing. But sadly, I think you could probably work out who the host was, Pete. Sadly, uh, he got sidetracked and decided to talk about how lovely the golf course was and uh, <laughs> what, what round he'd shot that morning and all the rest of it. So yeah. sometimes people will get distracted. If, if you saw that man in the street, if you saw, if you saw that man in the street, would you be grabbing for the machine? <laughs> I, I'm surprised he hasn't used it himself, put it that way. Um, let's have a quick break and when we come back uh, we'll do a couple of emails like I said to you guys before I've got an email here from a policeman and I think he might be of a fairly senior rank uh oh that's rank even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks Italian leather jackets and so much more 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This week on Stakhanov. Throughout January, Clash of the Titles are letting you pick the films being battled out on air. Already binged your way through Netflix during lockdown? Listen as Alex, Vicky and Chris rediscover and tear apart old and new favourites alike week in, week out. I like that here, though, that Michael Bay starts as he means to go on. I made a list of sort of Bayisms from this sequence. Uh, low angles, lens flare, dry ice, washed out colours, military hardware, men marching, orchestral score, guitar riffs. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're looking for some much needed escapism... Why not catch up with the Abroad in Japan podcast? Chris was recently joined by Joy the Anime Man to discuss mastering conversational Japanese. That's a really interesting topic, bat channeling, which is where you kind of go, oh, oh, so not that. In Japanese, if you don't do the every now and then, then people just think you're not listening or you're ignoring them. All that and a whole lot more at Sakanov. And we're back. It's the Luke and Pete Show. If you want to get through to the show, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. That's our email address. What's yours? Let us know by emailing us. Yeah, um, mm. we won't use it, we promise. No. Um, listen, I've got an email here from a guy who wants to be known simply as Mark. He says, Even gents, I was catching up on the show on my commute to work when I heard about the detectives, uh, the police detectives encounter with people engaged in passion in public. Well, <laughs> you've now got a detective and a sergeant as listeners. Oh, okay, right. We could, says, we could start aside, some kind of full kind of like police department, I think, right now. We bloody well could as well. And if those pencil yeah. pushers down City Hall don't like it, Pete, don't they like can it. take our badge. Mm. Um, he says, as an aside, who is the highest rank listener you've got? So if those of you out there who are a member of the Thin Blue Line, get in touch, let us know. Also, um, question for you, Pete, in lieu of Mark not being here. He says, I was listening to the show on my commute to work. At what point does the police officer clock on? Uh, well, uh, yeah, good point, actually. Yeah, it seems weird because you, you, if you're a policeman, presume, or what, policewoman, you can't, uh, a police person, you can't uh, really ignore crime at any point. So if you, you're you always on, presumably. I'd be billing 24-7. A friend of mine is a police officer, and mm. uh, I won't name him because I'm about to tell you a story that could get him in a lot of trouble, which Ooh. is that um, we were refused entry to a nightclub once because we were too drunk. He pulled his badge out to try and pull rank and get us in. The bouncer, who was much tougher than him, stole the fucking warrant card and refused to give it back. Um, to which point, my friend had to wait till the next morning and go back to the nightclub and ask very nicely if he could have his warrant card back because he needed to go to work. <laughs> so, what I'm saying is, it's a, it's a grey area. Um, yeah. Have, have a look on Luke's Facebook friends. Uh, figure out who it might be. <laughs> I'm not on Facebook anymore. So ah, you can't. damn it. Mark goes on to say one of his earliest memories of policing and one which will live with him to the day he dies is one where he encountered such passionate quote unquote passionate behaviour uh, Mark takes up the story by saying I was on patrol with a colleague looking for people up to no good in my old stomping ground and um, Pete's new area actually of Hemel Hempstead you know it well oh, nice. I'm sure um, he says we went to a usual spot to look for suspicious activity when an empty car park uh was well, a, a, a basically, an almost empty car park f- had a loan car in it, a rental car in it. Uh, we mm. pulled up behind it, and I got out and approached the driver's side window 
expecting to find someone smoking a bit of cannabis as the windows were quite misted up. What I found, however, was a young lad laid back while his lady friend was giving him a treat. Um, Worst part was he didn't notice my presence at the window with my torch shining in, but the lady did. She looked up uh, while still engaged Mm. and we made solid eye contact for what seemed like forever (laughs) with my colleague just getting out of the car i turned on my heels and said nothing for us here uh, to save the poor lass from any embarrassment and got back in the car and carried on with our uh, of our job uh love the show as always happy new year to you all keep up the good work mark so a bit of restraint there a bit of common sense perhaps shown by the police officer in question joyable i would have smashed every window in the car (laughs) Yeah. What else <laughs> Get a hotel. Shouting? I mean, look, it, a rental car. Is that what your partner is, you know, is worth to you? Just, you know, you hire a car rather than a hotel room or a, a bread and But he could have been hired. He could have had the rental car for all sorts of reasons. He could have been on holiday. No, good point. Yeah, good point. Look, you when you've got to go, you got to go. Well, sometimes when we go up to Scotland, we'll get a train up there. We'll hire a car, Pete. Nice. Safe drive I like it. Up there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I've um I've got a message from uh, a man called I'm not going to say that person's name but it is a man uh, okay. mysterious phone call Hey, guys, this is my first time emailing. Uh, this came in this morning, by the way. Uh, love the show. Got a story from when I was a kid that I think might interest you. It still bothers me to this very day. It's a bit long, but I promise it's worth reading till the end. Around about the time I was 12, my dad had a missed call with a voice note from 2 a.m. the night before. When he played the message, it was the sound of a woman wailing and crying and muttering something undistinguishable. What made it weird was that the call came from our home telephone, Luke. Oh, get fucked. <laughs> I don't know where it is. Too, it's too unsettling. Since I was 12 at the time, this terrified me. My parents knew I had issues dealing with fear, so I was told that a family member who was staying with us at the time had issues with sleepwalking and talking. This calmed me at the time. However, many years later, my sister told me that they, they just told me that to calm me down since I was scared and that it wasn't true. I'm over it, but it still haunts me to this day since I can't think of any logical explanation. No one in my family have ever had issues with sleepwalking or talking, so no one actually knows the origin of the phone call let me know if you guys have any theories because i certainly don't thanks for reading <laughs> my god what do you think donny well i because I, you back in the day you would occasionally get cross lines when it was all analog but would you? um yeah every now and How again you'd sort of be able to hear some you, you when you'd sort of put your you'd have a listen to 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 an analog phone phone call and you didn't say anything you could sometimes hear kind of uh you know interference from other lines at, at the at the patch lines and stuff so you know there was a possibility back in the day that it wasn't meant for you either way harrowing uh, voice message looking at their email address i would maybe suggest that they either got the email address around the same time that i got my email address or they're around about 20. So we just yeah, don't but it was know. left on a mobile know. phone anyway, so it's got to be modern. Yeah, it's well, it just said, yeah, missed call with a voice note. So I don't know. So a voice note, it might have been, you know, on an old uh, iPhone when you used to have uh, the, uh, the the voice notes, you know, in the actual iOS system. I d- either way, harrowing. Absolutely yeah. harrowing. And, yeah. and um, 
do you remember back in the day when you had a landline that it, it was it was an urban myth that went around my area that if you, when you started the phone call if you heard two little pips it meant someone was listening into the call so you should hang up and call them again did you ever have that <laughs> that uh, most recording devices would put that little beep beep in there because uh, otherwise you're uh, yeah I think they're legally uh, required to sort of do that but no I've, I, I I never heard that particular rumor but it sounds and about also, right. One of the most 80s pursuits you could do was uh, listening into the police on the old CB radio. I could get the uh, taxis and sometimes the police on my telly, on my black and white telly. Oh, yeah? There you go. The taxis is boring. <laughs> There's nothing good about the taxis. You ain't getting into no, the taxis. No, true. True. Absolutely true. <laughs> it's really but you boring. are getting sunk out of the police, right? Surely. Mm. I thought it was really weird that... Um, Back in the day in America, yeah, you could listen in to most of the police stuff, and then if there was something particularly salacious that they didn't want going out, um, they would switch to like a private line. Just make all the lines private for crying out loud. Yeah, but you, it's probably it's probably un- unconstitutional. But do you remember when we <laughs> did a live show with the Ramble in the, in, the, in Manhattan, and um, the microphones were really dodgy because they're radio mics, but there was so much police activity in New York City. Oh, yeah. They kept picking up the wrong frequencies and the wrong channel. It took them ages to find a channel for the radio mics. I, when, yes. when that happened, do you know what? When that happened, I was sat there thinking, this is fucking brilliant. This is absolutely <laughs> this is so brilliant. exciting. If yeah. you had told me, like, the 12 year old me, that this would be happening at some point, it was mental. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> you couldn't get too close to the front of the venue because the, when the police cars go past, you'd get interference on your mic from, like, a police radio. I mean, I like it. It's like it's like basically living in the movie of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> it is indeed. It is indeed. Anyway, <laughs> um, speaking of which, you know, last on Monday we talked about school discos. I remember my friend saying that um, telling all the kids in my class when I was about eight that he and I had made up a dance to. Um, Turtle Power by Partners in Crime, which was the official soundtrack to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and that we would be doing it at the school disco, right? <laughs> and I don't know why he said it. I don't know. There was never any suggestion that either of us were dancers. And when it got to the school disco itself, we hadn't done anything because he had just made it up and uh, nothing came of it. But isn't that just the weirdest thing to do when you're a kid? Do you remember when kids used to make up like weird lies for no reason? Yeah, yeah. There was always one kid who would make up more lies than than anyone else. Were you the liar in the class? Oh, one of them for sure. Because I think no. I think I was just so keen to get attention of people that I would just say anything. Mm. Not bad no. stuff. I would I wouldn't I wouldn't like you know I wouldn't like say that someone touched me or something. But I would say like <laughs> that I scored the most amazing. So I was never the kid who said that like Michael Jackson came to his house and used the toilet, right? Right. But I would say stuff like. Um, I scored an amazing goal in a football match when I didn't, if you know what I mean. Embellishment. Embellishment more than actual, you know, full on lying. Yeah, because when all the girls were after you because you were a bit of a, a bit of a catch back in the day, mm. I, I had absolutely no interest from girls. So I think that's probably why I was doing it. You'd do anything to sort of knock me down a peg or two. 100%. Yes. That's been, that's been what's typified this relationship over all these years. <laughs> um, speaking of which, should we get out of here? Yeah, all right then. We can't be doing this all at all, all day if crying out loud. We've got no, other things exactly. to do. Exactly. So, uh, so thank you very much listening. for listening to the Luke and Pete show. Leave us a review on Apple Podcast if you get a moment. That'd be great. Uh, we'll be back on Monday for more of this. If there's anything in particular you want us to talk about, you know what to do. Email us hello at lukeandpeteshow dot com. Tweet us at Luke and Pete show, and we will 
read through your most uh, interesting missives and try and incorporate them into the chat on Monday. Until then, have a great weekend. Uh, stay safe. Look after yourselves. Um, say goodbye, Peter. Goodbye. Ta-ta. And it's goodbye from me as well. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.